360. You can support this terrorist act and hide behind anonymity. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. We've got an hour in the bank, but we've got an hour still to go. Lots to discuss today. Education reform. What do we do about kids in schools, especially with the declining test scores we've seen over the last two decades? dramatically heightened over the last five years joining us now to talk about the hunt institute welcome back to the show or welcome to the show for the first time javade javade welcome to the show thank you Elijah. thanks for having me absolutely javade one of the things we do on the show every day we do a question of the day question of the day every day different from the day before everybody has to answer the question of the day question of the day today what's your favorite favorite state to visit and why Favorite state to visit? Uh, Hawaii. My wife's uh, part Hawaiian, and can't you can't beat Hawaii? She's oh beautiful. well, this just which which island's your favorite? Uh, we've only had the good fortune of going to two, uh, but Maui is. Uh, we've gone back twice, so it's it's beautiful. I've been to Hawaii. I've not been to, or and I've been to Oahu. I've not been to. Uh, I've heard Kauai is like. Is it, the, that too. is it the hot new one or is it was it hot and new a few years ago and now they're moved on? I, I don't know. I think it's still the trendy one. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Dude, tell us a little bit about what is the Hunt Institute? What is it that you all do? Uh, the Hunt Institute's uh, an education policy uh, think tank center uh, named after a uh, four-term governor from North Carolina, uh, Jim Hunt. Uh, he When he came out of office, no one, he started the Institute. So we're a little over 20 years old. We've been working with governors and governor's offices all over the country, uh, state legislatures, uh, and we're working very uh, closely in about eight states. And uh, we have a flagship program uh, named after Governor Hunt and Governor Tom Kane, uh, so Democrat-Republican, uh, Tom Kane from New Jersey, uh, that we're really sort of building the bench for the next generation of education governors, uh, folks that are really going to lead uh, with young people in, at the center of their uh, sort of agendas. And we've been doing that for 10 years, and sort of uh, that's kind of how we got to Missouri. Uh, Secretary Jay Ashcroft is one of our Hunt Kane fellows, and uh, having him in a program where we are, you know, talking about education policy from early childhood, K-12, and higher education, uh, the secretary was, you know, very committed to education uh, and wanted to advance uh, and improve things in Missouri for young people. And so he asked us to, to engage in a conversation with legislative leaders and you know so now i think this is the sixth year we've been hosting a legislative retreat and a bicameral bipartisan retreat uh we've done it every year in jeff city and we're coming back here in 29 november for a two-day uh education retreat where we will be talking about all these issues from early childhood k-12 and higher ed with uh likely over 50 60 members of the legislature um and we we're, we're but I want to make sure I'm clear we are not a legis uh, like a lobbying or an advocacy organization. We're really trying to bring lawmakers together and build their capacity around these issues that you know many families, parents, uh, teachers, principals are grappling with on a daily basis. And 
we know lawmakers get enthralled in all things, not just education. They're, you know, they're dealing with transportation, uh, environmental, healthcare. So we try to focus their attention when we have them so that they're able to make the, the very best decisions and make the, you know, think about when they take votes or take positions. They're at least somewhat aware of these policy matters. Tell us a little bit. I, I know you've got a bipartisan House House chairs, bipartisan Senate chairs. How do you decide who comes in and speaks at these summits? Well, we, we yeah, we, we work with our chairs. Uh, we look at the we're working with the, the chairs of uh, that are for this retreat, and they tell us. We listen to all of them. We talk to them individually, then we talk to them collectively. What are the topics that are you know top of mind for them? And so that helps us sort of put together an outline of an agenda. Uh, and so like this year, we're going to be talking about uh, early childhood education. Uh, school K-12 accreditation is, uh, as you probably know, is a, a big issue. School quality, you, you were talking about improving the uh, school quality conditions for young people in Missouri. That's been one that was a sort of shared uh, agenda item. School governance was one that came up and uh, the chairs all agreed that needed to be something we talked about this year. Um, one we always push, and it, it is invariably on every agenda, and it's not one we have to, I shouldn't say push, we have to really push, because uh, hearing directly from superintendents and principals and teachers, so we, we it's a session we refer to as our professional perspectives, where we're able to bring these folks in uh, that are in the trenches, you know, on the front lines of these matters, and it, it really creates an intimate uh, set of conversations for our law- lawmakers to hear from. You know, they're going to hear from urban, suburban, rural uh, superintendents and principals uh, in a very intimate setting. You know, they're sitting at a table around where they're really talking and grappling with these issues that uh, our leaders, our, our practitioners are, are dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, school choice is, you know, obviously a big issue in Missouri, wanting parents to really feel empowered uh, with how and where their kids learn and when they learn. And so, you know, we're going to be bringing folks in. We're really careful not to, you know, sort of, we're, 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 from, we're from D.C. We're here to tell you how to do it. We will try to build an agenda that will lift up leaders and practitioners uh, within the state of Missouri. And certainly we'll bring some folks from uh, different places or national organizations that might have, uh, might be leading on, you know, um, on whatever policy that may be discussed. So we try to always strike a good balance. And, but in the end, the Institute doesn't have a prescribed agenda. Every agenda we do in every state is very unique and is driven by the legislative leaders that are chairing the retreat. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, you've been doing this here in Missouri for a few years. Give us some of your states. You're like, we would consider these success stories and places that we've elevated the conversation and move the ball down the field. Yeah, I think the legislature has done some really good work, uh, working with the governor's office. And obviously the governor came out to the event uh, last year and, uh, you know, early childhood education, uh, you're seeing some advancements. Uh, teacher compensation is one that we've talked about. Um, you may be familiar your state board and uh, is convening a blue ribbon commission along with the commissioner of education. Uh, so I think you're seeing conversations around how uh, average teacher pay in Missouri and how we come up with a plan to improve that uh, because the pay can be somewhat skewed if you look at Kansas City, the metropolitan Kansas City or St. Louis area. There's many rural teachers that are uh, that are not making uh, a livable, what they call a livable wage. Uh, and so the fact that leaders are now really grappling with this and, and you know, set up a commission, I think that 
there's something to be said about that. It's a, uh, and that's through the state board. I think uh, conversations around apprenticeships and internships uh, in uh, post-secondary, uh, we're seeing more conversations come, and I think that's going to be a, a, a conversation we'll continue again this year. Um, and we'll have, a, I think, the chancellor from St. Louis Community College is coming out, uh, be part of that conversation. So I think those are a few of the few of the success stories. And you know, you you mentioned the St. Louis uh, Community College. What's what's the interplay like between how do we improve education, Missouri, and how do we tie that in with the, the the higher education units that we've got around the state? Yeah, well, I think higher education has to. Um, we have to compel them to take a more active role in uh, what's happening in K twelve, uh, what's happening in early childhood education. The reality is, is for too long, we've uh, sandbagged uh, many of our young people when they come to co- uh, colleges, community colleges, four-year colleges, with taking remedial courses. Uh, and we owe it to them. We know why, what's happening. So we need to come up with a plan, a transition plan. And so we're, we're, we'd like to see more conversations between superintendents and uh, higher education leaders. We're seeing there's some ex- exemplars out there. Um, but we'd like to see that sort of as a standard, not as the exception. And I think those are the types of things that legislative uh, leaders can really help compel because if they're aware of it, they hear of a success story, they come to this event, they learn a little bit about what's happened in St. Louis Community College, they go back home to their local community college, they're able to say, well, hey, why is this happening there? What can we do to make it happen here? Uh, and so I think that's why we have these types of experiences and learning opportunities because it sort of uh, compels change because the one thing we know about all lawmakers they want to be the very best lawmaker for their constituents and so when they hear something a best practice that's happening that may not be happening in their community they're almost there's no way they don't bring this conversation forward if they're the lawmakers we know that they're elected to do they're elected to make their communities better so we're just trying to lift up things that will hopefully say oh yeah why are we not doing that um, and, and they seem to be no brainers most, most times, you know, it's interesting because a lot of these summits or conferences or blue ribbon task force, a lot of times they get blown off because they don't feel important or because they feel like they walk in with an agenda while well, the Republicans have to go to this one. All the Democrats have to go to this one. You've been doing this in Missouri for five years, always with a bipartisan group of people. Uh, it's a little bit different than, than a lot of the other things that legislators have the access to go to. Absolutely. I think one of our hallmarks and the reason we've had so much success uh, in Missouri and, and other states is um, we start with a, uh, a sort of zero-based agenda. Every year we come in and we, we listen to the legislative leaders. And, you know, we've, there's been, legisl- as you know, there's legislative turnover every year. And so we've had chairs that have uh, uh, cycled out of their terms have ended, and we've had to bring on board new chairs. And so it's important that we don't assume what they're, they're going to want to hear and want to know that we take the time. And that's, that is, it's really not a secret sauce. It's really just effort. Take the time to listen to the legislators. What do they want to learn about? What do they want to uh, explore? And, and generally they're going to be driven by what's happening within their constituency. We know parents want to hear more about choice. They want to, they want to learn more about, uh, instructional materials. And so when lawmakers, when we sit and create this space, they, 
they lift these things up, we take notes, we build the outline. So it is always their agenda. When we bring speakers in, we make our speakers, we make it explicitly clear. This is not a sit and get. This is not for you to come to your canned speech presentation. This is, you know, high level frame. And then we're going to really turn it over to lawmakers. And it's more of a, uh, a hearing because you'll see lawmakers you pop the microphone and ask their question. They might opine on a matter or two and then, then have a question. You know how, how legislators are. Um, and and they, I think they've always felt empowered to do that. And that's the, what we're going for. In the end, uh, you know, I know we've landed in a pretty good spot when I walk out during a break or over lunch and, you know, a Republican tells me they didn't like this or, you know, they really enjoyed that. And the Democrats say, well, I didn't like this, and, but I did enjoy that. So when we know we're rubbing, uh, stretching both sides and affirming both sides, then we know we've created a learning environment that uh, is meeting their needs collectively. Uh, you know, it's interesting, and I don't know. Is I don't know if there's a ranking system or or how how do you tell what states are doing well in education and what states are doing not as well? Does it come down to the you know the the test scores, ACT, SAT, or how do you decide what states are doing better in education? Yeah, we we typically look at uh, uh, things like ACT, SAT are good indicators. NAEP is the one, the National Assessment for Educational Progress is the one we typically will look to because it, it is a randomized test, but all states participate. Uh, and so it's always going to be a random sample, of your, you know, representative, representative sample of, of states' young people. Uh, and generally, you know, when you look at a fourth grade reading uh, score, pass rate, and for uh, students with disabilities in Missouri or white students or black students or Hispanic students, uh, it's going to present one number. The NAEP will have a different number, but the NAEP is somewhat benchmarked nationally. So it's really a good indicator for is our test rigorous? Are standards high enough? Are they too high? And by and large, most times uh, the NAEP is usually what, the, what they call an opportunity gap you will see the state's assessment reading score is higher, pass rates is higher than what you see for the NAEP score for that uh, state uh, as when they disaggregate it. And so that's where we have to have conversations and we have to really explore that and find out why is that happening. Uh, and, and, and that happens every two years. So we, you know, and we'll be looking at that data with our lawmakers uh, here in November 29th. Very good. Again, if uh, for the legislators that are listening in, Jefferson City, November 29th and 30th. Uh, if they want to reach out to you, how do they find out about the Hunt Institute on, on social media or on the Internet? Yeah, at, at the Hunt Institute, I, I think certainly uh, Secretary Ashcroft has been, uh, you know, our principal uh, leader in, in this work and working with the legislature. So always you know, feel free to go to somebody in, in the state. But we're always happy to uh, the Hunt Institute. We have a website. Feel free to find us emails are on there um, and always happy to connect very good again javade with the hunt institute thanks so much for joining us today we really appreciate it thank you sir take care all right we got more to come on the show stick around we'll be right back